Um, I had a $45,000, $50,000 month quota. Within six weeks, I sold $280,000 in new sales, which was 20 grand in commission. My whole business, our whole company was going nuts. My VP of sales like would just not stop calling me. He's like, how are you doing this? Like, that bring is it to the unbelievable. Team. Yeah, yeah. So like my, that's when like the nuclear explosion idea, I was like, I knew it was gonna work. I, I <laughs> let's do this. And then I just started running with it. This is Stay Paid, the marketing podcast that gives listeners a competitive edge to stay motivated, find inspiration, and discover proven real-world tactics from some of the best marketers across the nation. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Akery. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're not already subscribed, and while you're there, drop us a review. We'll read it here on the show. This week's uh, featured review comes from Bailey. So Bailey McCleary on Apple Podcast, they say, I came across Reminder Media through a job posting, and ever since I applied on Indeed, I've been obsessed with the podcast <laughs> and the Facebook page and just really diving deep into the goals of the company and how they really run the company and the knowledge-affiliated people have that is shared to help businesses grow. I'm taking the advice I am learning and implementing in my own personal life, and it's just amazing some of the things I have learned in such a short period of time. So thanks, Fantastic. Bailey. And that was did, a did we hire Bailey? That was a smart way to try to move yourself up to the employment <laughs> process. The interview like process. That, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Our guest today is Rick Elmore. Rick is a former professional football player turned entrepreneur. Following his football career, he took his competitive drive and founded Simply Noted, an automated handwritten letter company that puts real pen and ink to paper to scale handwritten communication. Rick, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, Rick, excited to talk to you, man. I got to ask you, so how was it playing in the the NFL? It's like every boy's dream, I think. How, how was that? <laughs> well, it definitely was mine. I was very lucky to, to live out my childhood dream. Uh, my background, it was in athletics. I played football for about 20 years of my life. You know, growing up, I always knew um, being outside is where I wanted to be. Um, always felt more comfortable on a skateboard or on a football field or on a court than I did in a classroom. But yeah, had a really good career at the University of Arizona in college. Uh, played for Mike Stoops and, and Mark Stoops uh, back, and I feel like it was not that long ago, but it was a long time ago in the early 2000s. Uh, those two guys were defensive mastermind gurus. Um, was a three-year starter for those guys, and then uh, got to live out my childhood dream and play in the NFL for three years. That's incredible. So in playing in the NFL, like – when you get around that level of athlete, like, is there a difference in like mindset of those people? Like, I'm always curious because obviously they're at the elite class. Like, is, yeah. do you see a difference in their routines and their mindset mm -hmm. and what they do? Like, can you give a little insight into that? Yes. Uh, they're absolutely, it is a, a different circle for sure. Um, that is something I, I have yet to be able to find in the real world. It's just different when you're in, in a, a professional sport locker room. Those guys have been working on their craft and been so dedicated and, and have gone through all the ups and downs for so long. Uh, so when you get there, um, you're expected to perform at a high level. Um, you're expected to learn from your mistakes um, and compete and win. And it's okay to have all those expectations. It's not like it's a bad thing. And, um, you know, I, I went to, you know, corporate medical device sales and I thought I would find something there that was similar. And it's just not, um, those, those guys are weak, huh? I say guys and girls, I'm just kidding. It, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just a different beast. Um, I absolutely miss it. It, 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 it is a hard thing. Um, I'm actually very passionate about like mentoring athletes from like life oh, after that's awesome. sport. Yeah. Because it's just, 
it's something that is so hard to overcome because when you're in that that field, I mean, you're just so competitive and so passionate about that one thing that you're doing. And, and in my my case, I got paid to kill quarterbacks. You know, I was literally be aggressive, fight. You know, so you were really trying to take their heads off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you know, when you get in the real world, it's like. Now you got to learn how to win with like your words. And <laughs> you can't like, just slam somebody yeah. to the ground. What yeah. about your, how big's your team right now? Um, Cause I know you guys are a newer company. Are you, how big's the team? So we are just past four years. We're coming up on five years. Um, we have six full-time people in like our office every day, but we're self-funded. So okay. we don't have like investors. We don't have good for you. Loans. Man. We have no debt. Bootstrapping and that it. was something I was very passionate about. Um, I was really successful in my corporate career. And part of the reason I started, uh, uh, my own business is like, I wanted to see like, if I was successful, no, I always knew I was like successful from working hard, but I wanted to see if I was successful because I had a lot of success in the corporate world. Like if it was because I was just a part of a good company. So um, I found out that wasn't the case. You know, it, it doesn't matter where you are because you have to have a good team, a good product, you know, you get to have that stuff. But, um, you know, we've, we've grown this to a multiple, multiple million dollar a year company um, and all done it profitably. So I'm extremely proud of that. Yeah, man. I, I love that. Okay. One last question. And then, you know, I know we want to shift to the business, but so team of six, you know, the locker room, you've never experienced anything like it. Like, what are you trying to do to bring that same mentality to your team? Like, what is, what have you found work? Like we have a big team and I'm always looking for ways to like, how do I get people to be obsessive, to perform at the highest level and not, you know, make them cry basically. Well, yeah. well the sometimes I, you make them cry. When I, yeah. When I was a part of corporate America, it was really hard to do anything on your own. Cause every, you had to jump through like 16 hoops before you got anything approved. So it was really hard um, when I was at a company called Striker because like you literally just had to stay in your lane. Like if mm. you thought outside, they kind of got you back in your lane. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really hard. And it got a little bit better when I went to my second corporate job. It was more of like a corporate startup. You you were a little, you got you had the flexibility to do stuff. And I saw when our management, when I was a part of like a, a, like a newer startup, when our management gave us like the the ability to think outside the box, come up with your own solutions, bring them to the table. Like, oh, let's try that. It got people excited to start thinking and solving problems on their own. And I think as a leader, especially something here, um, when I started our company, we gave everybody the opportunity to solve problems and bring it forward because I'm not working in the operation. So I don't know what's the best way to do things. I can go there from a high level and and give them a, an idea, but they're working on these robots all day. Like mm. they know them better than I do. Like I know like how to build them, but like they know how they operate. So I think you have That's to great. give them the flexibility and delegate and, and actually like lift them up and say, Hey, like this is your baby. Like how can we make this better? Incentivize them and give them the freedom and, and um, you know, and show them that you care that these solutions uh, matter to the company. That's awesome. So talk about Simply Noted. What is it and how, like, why did you decide to start a handwritten note company and, uh, and have continued to build it from there? What exactly does it do? Yeah. So I went back into my MBA in 2017 at the University of Arizona Business School. Um, it really started off as, well, you know, any, any good idea starts out of necessity, right? Um, I, when I was doing my, uh, my corporate sales job, um, I had 400 clients, I mean, hundreds of clients and I was selling basically a, a product that wasn't very different. We were more winning on effort and relationship. Mm. Um, so I got to a point where I couldn't grow my business anymore. Cause I was just running back and forth trying to take care of my territory. 
And I was in a marketing class at my MBA in 2017, um, about a year into my program. And I had a marketing professor uh, going through all the success rates in marketing and everything was super nominal. Like email was like low double digit, you know, print was low. I mean, everything was super low. And then he ends this three hour lecture. And this is like where the aha light bulb moment goes off was, uh, hey guys, he says this in the lecture. He's like, hey guys, yeah, you know what works better now, if not better than ever, is a good old fashioned handwritten note. They're rare, nobody gets them anymore and, and they get open almost 100% of the time. They actually have a 99% open rate. I was just like, man, if I could get in front of my client 99% of the time, you know, like number one, how is that going to make me more efficient? Like number one, handwritten notes are personable. Like that's going to stand out. They're going to automatically think of me differently. And like, how is that going to help me grow my business? Like I can only knock on 10 doors a day. Like what happens if I can do, you know, a thousand a week or 5,000. So uh, we basically beta tested it. I bought a really cheap pen plotter out of China um over six weeks I, it took me a long time to figure out how to work this machine but i sent out 500 handwritten notes and this is where like the entrepreneurial seizure moment happened um out of these 500 notes i sent to clients that i never was able to work with i had 28 doctors call me back um i had a 45 dollars a month quota within six weeks i sold two hundred eighty thousand dollars in new sales which was 20 grand in commission my whole business a whole company was going nuts my vp of sales like would just not stop calling me he's like how are you doing this like that bring is it to the unbelievable. team yeah yeah so like my that's when like the nuclear explosion idea i was like i knew it was gonna work i i <laughs> let's do this and then i just started running with it so I wish it was easy. Uh, I wish I could say it's just been great, you know, but I think any journey has tons of ups and downs, but yep. I mean, we've had, we're, I'm a sales and marketing guy that started a robotic software industrial automation company. I mean, our, our robots took two years to develop $850,000. Wow. We're going to have six patents. We're working on six patents, like three design, three utility. It's Jeez. just, it's become so much more. Um, so is yours really like, like, I think, one of the big pain points of handwritten notes is to tell if they're real or fake. Like, I don't know if you've heard, I'm mm -hmm. sure you've heard that objection before, but people are very concerned that they want it to look, if it's going to be handwritten, you can tell it's printed. They yeah. want <clears throat> to make sure that yeah. they won't be caught. If that makes sense, <laughs> that yep. it's not really and, handwritten. And that's why we built our own handwriting machines okay. um, or handwriting robots. So the first couple of years, I mean, we lost tons of business because of that, that thing. I mean, that very issue people was like, Oh, there's too many patterns. It looks like it's written by a robot. And like, it, it was a big overtaking to build these robots. I'm sure. Um, yeah. I knew, I knew when I start something, I go all in, um, I'm hyper competitive. That's probably why I was super, you know, successful in athletics. I just had a very, a very, very competitive, but about two years in, I was like, man, if we're really going to take this far, we're going to have to do this. Um, like, we're going to have to build our own handwriting robots. There's a production problem. There's a capacity problem. There's a speed, like SLA service level agreement problem. There's a writing problem. Like we had to solve all these problems. Um, I talked to 14 different engineering firms and went through 14 different phase zeros, which is basically 14 different consultations with these companies to say, Hey, here's my problem. How do you, how would you do it? And uh, I mean, it was just, it was a nightmare, but um, we, I truly honestly believe, you know, knowing what else is out there when everybody else is using, there's nothing better. Um, we have unlimited capabilities. Um, we have APIs and algorithms that literally will make it so it never writes a single letter the same. Like if you wrote A a thousand times, the A will be completely That's different. That's fantastic. We've, yeah, yeah we've, 
we have uh, we have a, a compression monitor on the pen lift, so like it varies the pen pressure, so it's not consistent. <laughs> That's so good. Um, we've built our own pens. Um, like the pens would run out, they would streak so much. The the ink viscosity, which is the wettability of the ink, like how like malleable, like is it whatever, like we control the viscosity of the quality ink. So it smears really nice versus if it didn't have the like a high level of viscosity, it wouldn't smear. It just look like it was printed. There's a weighted pen that we built our own weighted pen cartridges. <laughs> so it digs, like it digs into the paper. Like, yeah. so there's an indentation. So there's been way too much engineering that goes into a simple two or $3 handwritten note, but I'm extremely proud of it. Um, I, if I was going to put my name on it, I needed to make sure that this was a product I was proud of. And I am extremely proud of the product that we're, we're delivering now. That's there's just sick. nothing else like it in the world. It's the question on every real estate agent's mind. How do I get leads? Lead magnets entice prospects to give you their contact information in exchange for something they find compelling. Discover the best practices and strategies for creating a lead magnet with our free ebook, Lead Generation for Real Estate Agents. Successful internet marketers routinely use lead magnets to grow their email lists, and with this resource, now you can too. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash lead generation and download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash lead generation. Take action on this today. So how does it work? Does it actually, do you pick different handwriting styles? Does it take, like, can you put in your a sample of your handwriting and it, and it learns that since you have like this, this algorithm or this API, I guess, connection, how does that part work? So we have 900 handwriting styles. It really becomes analysis paralysis. Um, we have 32 available on our website. And then if you really want us to, we can create your own handwriting. We just don't recommend it. It just, it's a lot of work. You definitely um, don't some, want my handwriting. <laughs> I know. I'm telling most people say that. And that's what I'm saying. Just pick one. Um, we've yeah. done a really good job at creating ours. But if you really want like the art, like presidents of like foundation schools, nonprofits, um, political figures that absolutely need theirs done. Mm. Like, and there's a need, like if you're uh, like a public figure and it's going to end up online, like I get it. Yeah. But that makes um, sense. Yep. 99% of the population, like they just, it, it becomes analysis paralysis. It, like, Let's focus on the project, you know, the point that you're trying to get done, you know, the success of your campaign versus getting caught up in creating a, a handwriting style. We can do it though. We do it all the time. Um, I would say like less than 1% of our clients have done it. We can even do signatures and stuff, um, draw funny pictures. Like these machines are, we have full control. We can do anything we want with them. When you look at like success rate of who to send to, I'm assuming past clients, sphere of influence, that type of concept is, is really high. Um, what do you find as the best marketing campaigns that you're seeing um, in real estate, insurance, those type of industries? So we're all about attracting and retaining clients. Okay. Um, for retaining, we we 100% recommend, um, and these are for the businesses that have like, you know, a vision for years. Like if you are going to be in your business for two, three, four, five years or longer, for retaining your clients, it's just a hard thank you. Thank you for being you know, a great client. Thank you for working with us. Build on that relationship, increase that loyalty by just saying, thank you, not trying to upsell them. You are going to build better loyalty. You're going to get more referrals when you have a new product. Um, you're going to be able to upsell them better, you know, versus, and, and I see that all day, every day. I see people say like, Oh, here's 10% off your next order. And I get it. People are always trying to like quantify like budget or see an ROI, but the businesses that we see who use us for relationship building just and that do it the best or use us most consistently are just saying thank you. Like, mm. especially in real estate, you know, 
if your commissions are going to be in, like in the four figures, five figures, you know, six figures, right? Like two bucks to say, thank you. Is it worth it? But um, yeah. And then also for attracting new clients, you know, we, it's a great, you know, marketing tool as well, just because it's different. That engagement rate's so high. I just always recommend if your client's not worth a thousand dollars or more, or if you don't have a solid call to action, like a reason for them to call you, like it could be expensive. But if your clients are worth a lot of money and you have a, an amazing call to action, like something that's really going to get them to want to pick up the phone, it's an amazing uh, attraction tool as well because it's just open rate so high. Mm -hmm. It's different. It's not digital. It's not email. It's not yep. spam. It's not text message. Like you're standing out doing something different that your competitors aren't. What are you sending that's having the most success? Like, would it be a postcard? Is it a, is it a letter in an envelope? What mm -hmm. type of mailer is actually working that you're seeing? Well, we do five by seven. Um, I mean, sometimes we do four by six fold over cards, like a okay. greeting card. We okay. want it to look like it came from your desk. Hmm. And if we are doing our job, which I think we do a really good job, it's going to look like you sat down and sent it from your desk. We don't put our logos on it. You know, there's no, none of our branding. They're never going to know you use a service. We use real pen, real ink, real physical forever stamps. It's going to, I mean, it's everything that you would use to send a note. We do it. We just use robots to write it. But um, yeah, I would say that is the bulk of our business is just greeting cards. But, you know, we've done, you know, just flat, you know, cards that, you know, real estate agents will have us write and then they'll go hand out. And mm -hmm. I don't know if they're prospecting. I don't know what they do with it. But, um, you know, we've done postcards. We've done envelopes only. We're a writing platform. We just try to like systematize this or productize it to make it easy for people to not get into like that. How should I use it? Yeah. We just think a greeting card, say thank you, or try to book a meeting, attract and retain. Like it's just handwritten. It's really dominating the mailbox right now. What's next? Like what's sort of the next evolution or what are you sort of thinking in terms of the business and, and what you're offering? Do you have any plans coming up? Yes. Like so unlike, you know, we do have a couple competitors in our space and I've seen it. I mean, I started researching this in 2017. We've already, there's a lot of fly by night companies. They'll buy a few pen plotters and just throw all the money in the like marketing. Uh, we did the absolute, <laughs> my background's in sales. So I knew what it was like to like, do guerrilla sales, knock doors, build relationships, network. We did it the absolute opposite way. We threw all our money into the product to create a product that had so much leverage as something that was so different and so much better. And now that you know, we, we have that 900 grand that we spent in just the R and D no longer having to be put there. Now we're going to put it in the sales and marketing and, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and improving our platform. So I'm really excited. I mean, this is the first time in almost five years, we actually have like, like a ton of momentum and money and budget to grow, but we're rebuilding our website right now, adding more features. Um, and now we're actually going to spend money on marketing. Like I literally, it was all cold calling, networking, relationship, follow up. I mean, everything I did in my corporate world. So it was not hard because I've, I already cut my teeth there. Most people, they literally buy a couple of pen plotters. They throw it in their, their office in their, their house and they just do ads. Yeah. I've seen multiple companies like literally come and go in just five years. Like they just, it's a very hard business to scale. Yeah, you would never think that if you were creating a card company that you would get down to the ink and how it smears and all that stuff. I mean, it's just <laughs> crazy. It makes so much yeah. sense. I just went to Barcelona and I stayed in the Mandarin and um, the hotel staff 
I don't know if it's a true handwritten, they wrote it, I'm assuming, but maybe not. Maybe they use a company like yours. If not, that'd be a good avenue to go after these fancy mm-hmm. hotels, but wrote me a personal letter, welcoming me, all yeah. that stuff. And it does make a difference. Like you're sitting there, you have it in an envelope. When you walk into your room, you do read it and you're like, yeah, it, does, it makes a difference. It makes you feel more appreciated. Yeah. Uh, than the than normal. And that's really what it's all about is making someone feel uh, more appreciated, more valued, uh, the relationship. Do you do birthday cards, special um, anniversary, stuff like that as well? Like one-offs? Well, yeah. I mean, we, we try to say there's really for like maintaining a relationship, like um, in April coming up, like customer appreciation day is coming up in April. I think it's the 18th or the 19th of April. Like that's a no brainer for anybody to send a thank you card to their client list. Right? Yeah. And you should always look for ways to get in front of your clients without like, you don't want to be every time you talk to your client asking them for money. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like a no brainer, you know, early in the year to stay top of mind. And then at the end of the year, you know, holiday card, I, we do like 30 or 40% of our business in November, December. Okay. But yep. um, yeah, I would say thank you cards or like hard stop. Just say thank you. Um, the ROI comes over time, loyalty, referrals, upselling. Um, and then, yeah, I would say prospecting as well. Um, I would say, you know, there's probably, the, there's probably a great card in, have you ever thought about selling your home? I have a lot of buyers who, who are looking in this every area. day. Yeah. We see that real estate investors every day. Yeah. Because it, it makes so much sense. The, the average person is sitting on 47,000 in equity. We've have a bunch of interested buyers in your neighborhood. You know, if you want to know what your home's worth, go to this, your, you know, this link or, you know, call me mm-hmm. up at this number. I could see that working um, for, you know, it's like a postcard, but pe- it's a 99% open rate. So it's more yeah. expensive. So you're paying for the open rate, but you know, at least you get everybody to read that message. Yeah, we've worked some with some really um, uh, smart marketers where they actually like, so QR codes are cool, but you can't really track it unless you use personalized QR codes. Yep. So um, there's ways to do that where you can actually track down to who actually scans it by setting up personalized QR codes. It's a little bit more work on our end, but think about it. Um, you have a list of, you know, a thousand people and you can track the 200 people that scanned it. It's easy to retarget those people because you know, they showed interest. So, exactly. Uh, it just depends on like how smart you are with all the technology out there, but it's a great tro- Trojan horse to get you in the door and on that counter. And then it's just, what can you do to gather that information, retarget them, build a relationship, earn their trust, we just think the handwritten notes, the charging horse. Yeah. Love it. Love how it. do you, I want to ask you this last question. How do you kind of, and what maybe um, advice would you have for others in terms of overcoming hardships or dealing with failure? Obviously cut from five, <laughs> five teams in your NFL career over the course yeah. of a, of a couple years, started a business, 14 different engineering firms, not pulling through for you. Uh, obviously business is full of ups and downs, but uh, how do you overcome hardship men, men, uh, mentality wise or, or uh, what advice would you give others? You know, I was very lucky to have very supportive parents. Um, I saw them go through a lot of hard things growing up and my parents never quit. So I don't know if that was just, you know, embedded into me without me even realizing it, but at every failure, and I don't know if this is learned or again, when I was born with it, but every time I failed, I had a tremendous amount of, I don't know if it was internal energy to want to try again. And I think that's just developed over time. Um, I think you got to have the mindset that failure isn't means that you you died. I think you got to change your mindset on that. Like failure is not the end. Like failure is just an opportunity to learn. And um, 
I think you just gotta, you know, if you're that type of person, you go through failure, you gotta, maybe you gotta lick your wounds for a day or two, but you have to learn how to pick yourself back up. And I don't know if that's by just building better systems and processes, changing the people that are around you, mm. changing your mindset on failure, but you just got to learn how to stand back up again. It doesn't matter. You don't truly like fail until you quit. And that's how I've always looked at everything. Like I only really failed if I decided to stop trying. And this is something I learned in corporate that anybody can take. If you, you can just hang around long enough to, to rise to the top because everybody else is going to quit. You know, if you can <laughs> oh, stick around great. in the business, right? Is that not true or not? But it's if you stick so around true. in a corporate, yeah, if you stick around for three or four years in a corporate position, you're automatically going to be like the guy there because everybody else is going to quit. So, I mean, stick it out. Um, don't pay attention to these influencers get rich in six months or, hey, turn five grand into five million. That's just not real. You know, maybe in a, a spoof, but it's probably illegal. They're going to get caught or something, but just, you know, work hard, be a good person, do the right thing. Don't lie, cheat and steal and just stick it out. And things are going to work out. Love yeah. that. It's great. Rick, thanks so much for coming on before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you or learn more about uh, simply noted. You know, my dream is just to share this technology with the world. It really is different. It's nothing, there's nothing else out there like it. Uh, we want to send you a free sample kit and it's 100% free. Um, just go to our, our website it's simplynoted.com. It's just how it's spelled. S as in Sam, I-N-P-L-Y, noted.com. And in the top right corner, it says request a sample. You know, we spend about $20 putting this kit together to send to you for free. And as, this is what happens. When people receive this kit, like they get so excited. They're like, no way. I thought this was going to be printed. Like they just love how nice it is. And then they call us, even if it's a week later, a month later, or six months later, when they have that project in mind. So Go to simplynoted.com, request that sample kit, or go to uh, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn basically all day. Um, and again, my name is Rick Elmore, E-L-M-O-R-E, and connect with me. Uh, I'd love to, to chat with you there as well. Awesome, Rick. Thanks again. And thank you all for listening. You can get those links that Rick mentioned in the episode show notes over at staypaidpodcast.com, as well as the video of this episode and all of our other episodes. If you enjoyed this show, I want to show your support. Two ways that we ask you to do it. First, head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review, along with a comment. And the best way to support the show is to simply share this episode with a friend. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. Rick, really appreciate you coming on. I would encourage everybody, go check it out. My action item for all of you for this podcast. And I think this can apply whether you choose to do the handwritten note or not. And I think it's a great avenue for you to take. You need to think about the people in your database right now. How are you building that relationship and how are you making an impact with them? Every business is sending emails. Every business is sending postcards. What are you doing to stand out, to make an impact, to make that person see that you're not just a transactional service, you believe in the relationship. You're a relationship-driven business. Remember the difference between top producers and media producers in every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today.